and welcome to the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, May 21st, 2021. I'm your host, Mark Trisnes, and today I've got uh, quite a bit to talk about, including Aerial Knights Never Yield, Flowing Lights, Quantum Replica, Chess Knights Shinobi, Rabisco Plus, and a little bit more of Rust Console Edition. But before I get to all that, it's, it's been an exhausting week, people. I'm currently recording this here episode at 8.09 p.m. Central Time on Friday, the day of this podcast release. Hopefully I will get this out before it hits midnight. And I want to do things quick. I want to get this episode out and done with quick. It's It's been rough. I got my second dose on Sunday at 9.30 in the morning. And I was fine until around 6 p.m. Sunday. Then it hit me real hard, and it took until around Tuesday before I was feeling 100%. And then today, I was struggling to record this podcast. Things came up that delayed my ability to record until today. And then when I was finally in the groove and felt comfortable and things were going really well, my back just threw itself out, and I don't know why. I was just sitting there, and then all of a sudden sharp pain and I'm currently in a fair amount of back pain on my left side where I got my shot. I don't think there's any correlation though. I'd be really surprised if my shot somehow had this delayed reaction to my back. I I hope that's not the case or anything like that. It just hurts and I recording I am recording this late because I took a little nappy poo in order to see if maybe if I could try and get some rest, just force myself to sleep, lay down, whatever, that maybe I'd feel better when I woke up. That didn't happen at all. It was a little bit worse. I've iced it a bit, which I think just kind of distracts from the pain until the coldness goes away. So, yeah, I'm not feeling that great. And I just want to get this episode done with because I'm such a stubborn piece of crap that I must, must, must get this episode out there. And I must do it today. I I, I would feel really bad if I don't get this up by 11.59 p.m. So I need to get through this episode and then edit it, clean up the audio, make sure there's nothing that I need to remove or whatever and get all the timestamps and just put it out there before then. So I have less than four hours to get that done. So let's just get to it. I I did finish Resident Evil Zero and Night Trap this past week for Attack the Backlog, streamed both of those experiences, and uh, I didn't like either of them. I think both are not great games. Night Trap is a, a very bad game, and Resident Evil Zero, so many issues. I need to start working on that script because I beat that last night. I powered through it through my longest stream to date, singular stream to date. And I think moving forward is when I'm going to start putting the full playthroughs on YouTube because I'm now at the point where I think my setup is complete and everything is working on all cylinders the audio sounds really good, and I've cleaned this up and that up, and I've 
I've got everything to where I think the quality is going to be consistent throughout and the syncing is accurate. I think I'm just at the point where everything is as right as it's possibly going to be. And I don't want to put, even though it's this very special space for the current two patrons of Attack the Backlog on Patreon, but I want to put at least the the best possible content there for people who want to. Again, that is just where I'm going to put complete playthroughs of these games if people want to watch those and listen to them and me ramble on to myself like I usually do. It's still something I am finding my comfort zone with and just talking to myself or potentially the chat if anyone's there when playing a game because I'm very quiet when I normally play. I don't externalize my thoughts. I keep everything very internal inside. Anywho, let's just get on to what I've been playing. Also, before that, because even when my back hurts, I can't stop myself from rambling on and going off on tangents. I might play a shorty before then, but I, I'm still planning to play Kingdom Hearts next. I know that a few of my friends who have played it have said, it's rough. It's pretty rough. I uh, and I'm a little bit concerned because at least with my physical state and the soreness and all that that I've dealt with this past week and going through a game like Resident Evil Zero that I really didn't like, I'm not looking forward to the potentiality of playing a game for 20 plus hours that I don't like, which could very well be the case with Kingdom Hearts. So I'm concerned there, but I don't know. We'll We'll see how everything goes. I do feel like at least it'll be very, very straightforward and I won't have to deal with any kind of puzzles like you have to do in Resident Evil that might leave me running around in circles for 15 minutes. I don't want to do any of that. If I can just brute force my way forward, it's just like, here, you need to go here, go do this thing. All right, that's fine. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll see. Uh, if I like the combat, that'll be enough, I think. If the, the story or whatever, this or that is tedious, I don't care. If I'm enjoying the combat, even if it's super repetitive, that works for me. I can play a Dynasty Wars game for 100 hours and still enjoy every single one of those hours because they just are these dumb, fun things. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, which I think I said like a thousand times already. We'll see. But we'll see. We will see. I'll see. You'll see. We'll all see for seaweed. Anywho, Aerial Knights Never Yield is an endless runner that was put on the radar for most people, if not all people, when it was part of the latest Nintendo Indies showcase where they were showing a, a lot of games, I think, from people across the world, different studios and whatnot. And this is an endless runner that takes place in, I think, a future dystopian cyberpunkish Detroit. And I remember when I saw it and the creator, Ariel Knight, I don't know what his real name is because I checked his Twitter and he just says Ariel Knight at Ariel Knight. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what your actual real name is. That's fine. It's not in your bio either. But I remember 
him acting like this was adding something new to the endless runner genre, doing something different, doing something unique, and that people afterwards were getting really excited about the game. And even when it's been just now around its launch, people were really excited about Aeronauts Never Yield. And when I saw the footage from the Nindies Direct, I didn't understand what was special about it. I saw it, and it just looked like another Endless Runner. The music sounded pretty good, and visually it seemed fine. But outside of that, it didn't look like it was doing anything special. And I can report with authority that it does nothing special. And the music is, in fact, great. But there is an issue with the audio I'll get to shortly. I don't know if the unique thing Aerial Knights Never Yield is doing is the fact that when you reach an object or whatever that you have to interact with in order to progress. And what I mean by that is when you reach something that you either have to jump over, slide under, or sprint through, the game will slow down on the the normal difficulty, the game will slow down and give you time to react. And I don't know if that's what is unique about it. If that is the case, that's the worst part of the game. I immediately turn the difficulty up to the hardest difficulty to turn off those, what I look at as assists, because while maybe for some they will make the game easier or playable or whatever, I found that they killed the momentum of the game every single time and made it impossible to get into any kind of flow state with it because you would be watching the game just slow down every few seconds because there are points where you have to jump or slide or whatever that frequently in these levels. It's not like you're doing a jump and then 10 seconds later it's happening. Even then, I it, it would feel weird. And... I, I just really didn't like it. It wasn't clicking with me. When I turned all that stuff off, it felt better. But then at the same time, it was just a generic, basic, endless runner. You have a slide, a sprint that you use very occasionally to run through like glass doors and stuff like that. And then a high jump and a mid jump. And that's it. You're not doing anything special. I think maybe one way... The slow-mo thing could have been more interesting if it was mapped to a button and you could use it when you were in situations where you felt like you couldn't react naturally when going at real time. But having it just forced on you every time, I'm like, oh, God, this is just slow down two seconds of regular time, slow down two seconds of real time, slow down, and it just I was not feeling that gameplay at all. And... I find it weird the way the button mapping is and the way the on-screen indicators are shown color-wise. You would think that, because the way it works is that your four actions are mapped to the face buttons. I'm playing this on Xbox One. I got a code. And I think you can also use the D-pad. There is a, a d-pad visualizer or whatever on the screen as well a very large one that takes up maybe not a quarter like a, a sixth of the screen it takes up a good chunk of the upper left hand side of the screen this giant d-pad that lets you know what button you're pressing when you press it and i don't know why that exists 
I thought maybe it would just be there for the first few levels as a kind of tutorial thing, but it remained the whole time and I'm going to get to another annoyance there. But the weird thing is your high jump, for instance, is indicated on screen by red. So if something is outlined in red, that means they want you to high jump over it. The button you press for it is the Y button, which is the yellow button on the Xbox controller, not the red one, but there is a yellow on-screen indicator for the mid jump, which is either B or X. And for sliding, which might be A, I'm not sure, is a blue on-screen indicator. And none of these colors for the buttons and the colors you see on screen correlate to each other. And it's just weird that they couldn't change that for each console to make it fit. You just have to remember that, okay, this button does the high jump and then this color is what wants me to do the high jump. And it just is this weird little bit of disconnect. And then what I found really weird that I didn't notice immediately was that the music is fantastic. I, I love the music. It is so good. It's by far the best part of the game. But there is very little to no audio outside of the music. There are barely any sound effects and what sound effects are there are so quiet they might as well not be there. You'll see explosions in the background, you'll see cars screeching around, but you won't hear any of it. And it creates this really weird disconnect between what you're seeing and what you're hearing. Because all you're hearing is this music and sometimes I'll hear maybe my footsteps very quietly underneath the audio and I thought, okay, maybe I can change the audio in the settings and bump up the sound effects, lower the music a bit and have the mix sound a bit more balanced. But you can't because there are no settings. I also wanted to go to the settings to see if I could remove that giant dumb D-pad from the screen, but you can't because again, there are no settings. And it's not like there are settings in the main menu and you have to back out of the game and it's just not in the pause menu. There just aren't any settings in the game. If there are, they're hidden in such a way that I was never able to find them. But the real problem with Aerial Knights Never Yield is that it's just a basic generic endless runner. Is it bad? Not really, I've played worse, but it's not doing anything special. And there are these weird aspects of it that really turn me off like the audio mixing where the sound effects are just pretty much not there. I played a boss, I guess you would call it, that was this van and a dude in it who was playing a guitar or something. And then every now and again, these not notes, but like wavelengths would come after me and I would have to avoid those. But they would come from the right side of the screen without any kind of on-screen indicator. The screen wouldn't flash the color or whatever. You would just have to especially in those sections, use memorization to figure out what the pattern is. So you'd hit a point, find out the color is blue, but you wouldn't be able to rack quickly enough. You'd die, you start over, but now you remember that it'd be blue. And then you would just repeat this process until you're like, okay, blue, yellow, yellow, red, blue, yellow, red. until so you reach the next checkpoint and that wasn't fun at all. And in that same section, there were times where there would be an explosion on screen and then a yellow indicator would come through that explosion and because the thing you had to avoid, the obstacle, was coming at the same time as this explosion, the explosion would cover up the obstacle you have to avoid, making it impossible to see it until it's right up on you, and then you would die. And it's just this frustrating experience. But the regular game with the assist turn off on the 
hardest difficulty was very easy. It, it wasn't challenging that way. And at least it felt better. It flowed much nicer on the hardest difficulty without these constant stoppages. But yeah, aerial knights never yield. It's just another endless runner. I don't see what is so special about it. So yeah, you can yield. You don't need to pick it up. Then flowing lights is this interesting and neat little puzzly shmup thing i don't know how to put it exactly because it was a very unique experience playing it the way it works is that you play through an area that's broken up into 26 or so sections that just flow from one to the next and instead of having enemies that you shoot in a traditional way with your bullets you can do that in some cases but it's more so about after the first few sections about looking at the area and the geometry and finding a way for bullets to make their way to the enemies. And it's very physics-centric and orientation-centric, where you're shooting from, how hard you're shooting. It's kind of like, at least the way it controls and feels, it's kind of like a miniature golf game and that you can, when you get these more powered up bolts, you can hold your position and then pull back your ship essentially to increase the strength of your shot that will make it go further. And then you are seeing the line of where this big bullet is going to go. You see the pathway of it. And if there are hills and whatnot, you can use those to push the bullet up and then watch it angle towards an enemy and pick up speed as it's going down the hill and it it's really hard to describe as you can tell right now but i found it really captivating in a way because it was just something that i can't say i've experienced before it was very unique and, and i guess i could say i've experienced something like it with miniature golf games but in this schmuppy setting it was really fun and unique, and I appreciated the the way it just was playing around with these different systems in a game that traditionally would be much more straightforward. You're, you're not moving forward at fast speeds. You get to a section, and then you take time to figure out how to deal with it. You'll have enemies who move with you, and you have to figure out how to deal with them. You have to, at times, be very quick with your reactions, so you might have to speed up and then do one of those banking shots you have a regular like forward facing bullet as well that you can use but that has a very short distance and you have a little boost to help you get up hills yourself and then you could shoot bolts off there and then the, the momentum of the bolts coming down will get to ships you can with certain bullets hit multiple enemies at the same time along the same path, and then you'll get little bonuses that will increase the size of your bullet or make them go further and, and, and stuff like that as well. It's just a really fascinating, neat little game. And I highly recommend it. I know I'm not doing a great job of describing it, which I'm going to blame on the back problems because I, I want to speak of the game in a way that makes you want to try it out i i really probably of all these games had the most fun with flowing lights and was by far the most surprised by it i thought it was just going to be this really basic ass game and when i started playing i'm like oh 
this is different. And that just carried throughout the first two sections of 50 or whatever little mini levels that I played. And the enemies will shoot two different color bullets at you, orange and yellow. The yellow ones would do basic damage and they are deceptively hard because they will just take off all your life very quickly and you'll be dead before you know it if you get into a bad situation. But the orange ones will push you back. So those ones actually are more physically tangible, whereas the yellow ones are just like, oh, we touch you, you're, you're, you're done. But I really, really enjoyed my time with Flowing Lights. It's got a nice look to it, even though it doesn't change things up too much from area to area, it just basically changes the hue, but it's the same aesthetic and all that. But I, I like the way it looked as well. It's, it's just a neat little game, and I, I recommend checking it out and just looking into it to see if it maybe tickles your fancy. Go watch a video. Maybe I'll put a video out there for that because I, I've been wanting to do a quick like, quick like, a quick look type of series that's just called What Is, essentially. And it would just be What Is Flowing Lights? What Is Aerial Knights Never Yield? And just do a series of stuff like that that would be easier to do and maybe fun to do. I don't know. That's been one of the ideas I've been spitballing as a way to just create more content in a simple way that doesn't require a lot of work or, or whatnot, but it can still be very good in terms of the quality, at least, I think. But then there's Quantum Replica, which is this third-person stealth action game, which is, again, set in a future cyberpunky world and it was weird. I played a bit of it. I don't I don't know how I feel about it because you can you can take down an enemy silently or kill them by holding the X button. And I didn't get a good sense of why you would ever not kill an enemy because they will wake up. You're just putting them to sleep for maybe 30 seconds or so, and killing them didn't seem to bring with it any type of penalty. You can, if an enemy sees you, sprint very fast right up to them and then kill them without much concern. And you could do that in a chain. You can just go from enemy to enemy, which was a little bit weird. It looked all right. It's played from a third-person isometric perspective like a Diablo game. And yeah, I, I don't know what to make of it. You can drag bodies along and... That's the thing. It, it just, it, there was nothing about it that was really clicking with me. I was going around it, following the story on this very linear path, avoiding enemies or killing them or getting spotted and then just killing a whole bunch of them in a very short period of time. You do have a few weapons at your disposal with very limited ammunition. So you can shoot enemies with, I believe, trank guns. I think you also will get lethal guns. And it's a difference between, okay, the, the Trank gun is quiet, the lethal gun is loud. You'll get bottles or whatever that you can use to distract enemies so you can sneak by. But I found that there wasn't much reason unless there were a group of enemies to not just go up and quickly kill them. I think they will get aggroed, not exactly the right term, but they will start looking for you if they find a dead comrade. But... Even then, they didn't seem to be super aggressive about looking for me. If they spot you, you'll get a little silhouette of your last known location. There are these pieces of Hitman sprinkled 
throughout it, but it just it wasn't doing anything to grab me in the time I put into it. But I, I wouldn't be against playing more of it. It was well made, played well. It just didn't do anything for me setting wise, gameplay wise, etc. It wasn't bad. It's just fine, and sometimes, oftentimes, fine is the worst you could ever be. Then Chess Knight Shinobi is a puzzle game where you're moving around chess pieces and want to get to a specific spot on this chess-like board. And it's it's fine. I mean, there's not much to say about it. You go around these little designated spaces and each one will have various chess pieces on them that will attack you immediately if you land into a space that it can move to. So you have to go around... And I think you're only playing as a knight, so you can move in the L shape on the space. So you're only ever playing as that particular piece, so that's the only movement you have. But then there will be bishop equivalents and pawn equivalents, etc. on the map. And you have to navigate your way across this space without landing on a spot where one of these enemy pieces will be able to take you. And that's pretty much all there is. There are things that spice things up a bit as you keep playing. But ultimately, it's just a very whatever puzzle game. It's fine. Nothing special. Then Rabisco Plus is a very simple, cute, I guess. I How would I describe this? What kind of game is this? You are this little fluffy thing. It's from a 2D top-down perspective. You're going through these environments, collecting however many stars are in each level, and then reaching the moon at the end of the level to complete it. You move relatively slowly, but you have a, a sprint that you can use for like three seconds before it needs to recharge. And that's all there is to it. There will be spikes all over the environment that you have to avoid, and then there'll be moving spikes. There will be brick structures that you can sprint through. And that's all there is to the game. It's very simple and a game you can finish in a half hour, if that. It's a Rada Like a Games joint, so them achievements are easy. And it's a perfectly fine game. Again, it's perfectly fine. It just doesn't do anything special. It's not particularly fun. And it's probably, for most, going to be too easy to be enjoyable because the challenge just isn't there and then rust console edition i played more of and i just for me i don't understand the appeal of the game i wanted to get into it but from my experience with it this has to be one of the worst gaming communities out there in terms of being welcoming of any kind and the game itself is so shit at onboarding new players and giving them a space to try and get comfortable with the game mechanics and the world and how everything works you're just thrown into whatever servers are there and they may be full of people who've been playing forever. And it just leads to these situations where you are going around this world. You come across somebody else who is clearly new like you, and maybe you won't do anything. You'll just look at each other and you'll both just stare at each other for five minutes because you don't know what the other person is going to do. And then someone who's been playing for years sees you both and then kills you. And then you start this whole process over and over and over again. And then sometimes you'll run into someone who's clearly new and they'll just come after you and want to kill you. And there's just this excessive degree of hostility in the game that I don't find pleasurable. I don't want to be in this world and explore it and learn about it because I just expect that I'm going to be killed 
at every single second. I don't feel safe or comfortable in the environment and I don't want to play it. It's not a fun experience. It's not a fun feeling to have. It's not an emotional state I want to or enjoy being in. And it's a bummer because I, I thought maybe there'd be more there, but of all these multiplayer survival games, it is the one I've enjoyed the least by far. It seems to run better since the beta last week. But outside of that, I just don't like being in this world. I don't want to I don't want to do it. I'd rather play Ark or Conan or what was the other one that the Ark people did? Something with the boats. I'd rather just play so many other versions of this type of thing. There are just so many games like this these days, even on consoles now, that I I struggle to find what about Russ is going to draw you in, unless you are the type of person who really wants to F with people and wants to just ruin other players' days. If that is something that you find very appealing, then Rust is the game for you, because that seems to be all the game is good for. But uh, yeah, that is Rust Console Edition. Anywho, that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Hopefully I'm able to get it out by midnight. It is currently 8.43 p.m. I'm going to have to edit a few things out of this episode, because I did stumble here and there. But uh, yeah, I think it went over about as well as it could, given the circumstances and everything. I do, again, apologize for the potential quality of this episode and for the lateness of it. But I hope you can forgive me. There will be a new episode of Attack the Backlog this Sunday, of course. And I think I'm going to go with the first tree because that one is on the more negative side. It's not negative per se, but it's very disappointed. It's a very, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed type of episode. So I thought that would be a nice change up after the positive episode that was Kirby's Epic Yarn that you should definitely check out if you haven't already. I really, really like that game a lot. Even though there are issues with it, I still just had an absolute blast with it. But uh, yeah, that will probably be the episode I put out this Sunday. And I think this weekend will be devoted to putting together a bunch of episodes that I'm currently in the midst of production with. I have a lot in the works, so it's probably about time I get them done. Anywho, once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com where you can find this podcast and attack the backlog both of which are available on podcast services across the globe you can check out me streaming mondays through thursdays maybe sometimes fridays i'm leaving friday to be open-ended because of stuff like this happening but thursdays mondays tuesdays wednesdays i am streaming from 8 p.m central time to ideally 11 p.m but at the very least to 10 p.m. So usually about two to three hours a night, and I'm playing the games I'm playing for Attack the Backlog. So if I'm going to be starting Kingdom Hearts next week, that is when I'll be streaming those games if you want to watch me play them, and and maybe the occasional afternoon stream here and there. But those aren't scheduled or anything. Those will just happen if they happen. But yeah, that is twitch.tv slash pxsausage. If you'd like to check out the YouTube videos I make, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage and check them out there like attack the backlog and if you'd like to check out the 
art that may go back to the site, pixelatedsausage.com. And if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. Anywho, that is it. That is all. I hope you all had a wonderful week, a wonderful Friday, and have a wonderful, wonderful week. And all right. Adios, everyone. Bye.